With us today is Melissa DeRosa. She is a Democratic strategist, and she was uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo's right-hand person. And here she is today, uh, this Sunday morning, to give us an update. What's going on in the Democratic Party? Uh, Melissa, give us an update. What's going on in Washington? They're having a big events this weekend. They have uh, the big uh, dinner they usually have in Washington. Give us an update. Um, great to be back, John. So as you know, everyone knows, uh, the big news of the week is that President Biden has thrown his hat in for re-election, ending sort of months-long speculation as to whether or not he was actually going to go ahead and go through with it. And that, that question has been now asked and answered. So, you know, look, I think that by all counts, it's looking more and more like this is going to end up being a Biden-Trump rematch. And so I think that's what we can expect. And, you know, frankly, I think we can expect the same exact result we got last time. But uh, a lot of Democrats are saying that uh, well, it was as high as 70 percent that they didn't really want Biden. But does anybody have the courage to, to stand up and say, no, we don't want him? Or they just uh, in a secret ballot to 70 percent say we don't want him? You know, when you ask those open-ended polling questions, you always get sort of a false result, right? Because life doesn't work like that. It's like when you ask questions like, would you prefer this person or somebody else? Everyone always says they would prefer somebody else. But at the end of the day, Biden's the nominee. Biden will be the nominee. And I think you're going to see all the Democrats coalesce around him. And I think if he's running against Trump, you're going to see the independents go around Biden as well. And I, I just don't see the math working out for the former president in swing states where abortion has become the top issue and where Republicans, in my view, have completely overplayed their hand and have demonstrated that they're sort of far apart from mainstream American values. And so I think that if this is a rematch, I think that you're going to see Biden of the Clyde pass the re-election. So that settles up Washington. Uh, how about Albany? What the heck is going on? Oh, the dysfunction, John, the dysfunction. You know, we're going into May and, you know, it's looking like they are finally putting the finishing touches on this massive spending bill that will likely be voted on this coming week. But, you know, at the end of the day, they will have been over a month late in getting it done. And what do they have to show for it? You know, they just announced a partial deal on charter schools. They're only going to do 14 what are called zombie charters, which is, you know, frankly pathetic given sort of what Hopeful was trying to do and what the charter school community wanted. You know, the tweaks that she got on bail are very minimal, and I don't think are going to make any impact whatsoever on the crime issue. And I don't think that particularly for her, it's going to silence her critics, while at the same time, you know, she angered the left by going at it at all. Her key signature housing initiative, which she put on the table, completely fell apart because they didn't do any of the political legwork and strategy to be able to get that done. So that just completely fell off the table. And then it looks like there potentially will be some tax increases to fund the MTA on businesses operating in New York City. Um, that's the word, at least as of now, of what that deal is going to be. And then they're going to you know, raise the minimum wage. And so I think that you're going to see the business community that already feels, you know, sort of alienated and angry at um, New York City and Albany politicians, I think, are going to get a full frontal in this budget. And I think beyond that, you're not going to see much for, you know, everyday working people. So it's going to happen a month late, and it's going to be a terrible result. Well, you know, the exodus is continuing. 
uh, in New York. I mean, and I just noticed that the uh, New York City has gone up to $107 billion in the budget. No, it's, you know, look, the, the spending train, the runaway train, John, is not getting reined in anytime soon. And, you know, we had a lot of temporary money because of COVID from the feds, but that was one shot. But then, you know, you're a businessman. It's when you put that money in, it's now all of a sudden everyone who got the money as a one shot wants it recurring. And how do you support that? And so this year, I think you're going to see an incredibly bloated budget out of Albany. And then next year, the rubber is going to meet the road and they're either going to have to make massive cuts or they're going to have to raise taxes again. And if they end up doing that, you're going to see the exodus, I think, get even worse. So I'm sure you saw there was an article in The Times a couple of days ago about the real estate crisis in New York City and the empty office buildings that are languishing. And I think that the more sort of anti-business initiatives and policies that that Albany and New York City passed, the worse that's going to be. And obviously that contributes to crime and, you know, the, you know, sort of the desolate streets at night, people don't feel safe, the empty storefronts. And so we're in this sort of vicious cycle, which the leaders, the current leadership cannot manage their way out of. And I'm, I'm deeply concerned about the long-term impacts on the city and the state. Well, if people keep the exodus keep, continues, who's going to pay the taxes? Because it's it's the people that are making paying the taxes that are exiting. No, that's right. And obviously, the businesses and the high income earners. And you know, in a post-COVID world, as you know, you can work from anywhere. So why are you going to work and live in New York City and hire people at? a higher rate and have to deal with crime issues, deal with a legislature and a city council that are sort of hostile to the business community. And for what? You can go to Florida, you can have zero income taxes, you can be in warm weather. And so, you know, the concern is that that's only going to get worse. And it doesn't seem like right now Albany is getting that. Understood. Uh, what else would you like to talk about this Sunday morning? People are, are sitting around there. A lot of them are worried about uh, what's going on in Washington. A lot of them are worried about what's going on in Albany. Anything else you want to tell the people? No, you know, I just, I think we're sort of living in a very dangerous time right now where, you know, you turn on the news and you see the former president's been indicted and is on trial. You see, you know, what's going on at Fox News and and sort of the fallout there. And one day Tucker Carlson and Dot Lemon both get fired. It just, it sort of feels like we're in this moment of instability where, Nobody can trust any of these sort of pillars that uphold democracy, the press, prosecutors, judges. And it's it's just a dangerous time. And I would just urge that people, your listeners, you know, I think we've we've all sort of been reduced to this sort of tribalism, us against them. Everyone's so angry. Everyone's so polarized. And I think we've got to all start sort of trying to come together in any way that we can take the temperature down, work together because I don't see the leadership of the city and state doing that at this point. And I think it's got to be incumbent on the public to do it. And so that's my message for Sunday. Now, last thing, you got a new book. Tell us about it. I do. I do. It's coming out in October. It's called what's left unsaid. Um, And I can't talk about the details of it, but it's a memoir that I wrote that is uh, very heavily focused on the events of the last couple of years, which was a tumultuous time in New York between both COVID and then in the aftermath of COVID um, and the the ending of the Cuomo administration. And so it heavily focuses on that. And my goal is to try to 
you know, I was the person in the room. I was the person who lived it. There's been a lot of distorted reporting. There's been a lot of people who have said a lot of things. And, you know, I feel like it's important, given what a historic time that was, that people hear from the person who lived it, the person who was in the room, understand how decisions were being made, understand what was actually going on, and then they can judge for themselves what happened in history. Well, I look forward to reading it, and, uh, uh, and I look forward to talking with you more, and uh, have a nice weekend. Thanks, John. Great to talk.